You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. The fastest two-year-old of his crop, not this time. Giants Causeway's most brilliant two-year-old ever and a half-brother to Liam's map, sire of two grade one winners in his first crop. TDN said, too talented a horse with too good a pedigree to pass up. The time is now. Don't let this moment pass you by. Not this time, a tailor-made stallion. Not this time, full of run in the Iroquois. Look for his first two-year-olds this year. Welcome to another edition of the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Alongside of me, as always, is the great, the talented, the lovely Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome to another show. Thanks, Billy. Um, we have a very special guest today because we know what's on everybody's mind. So we're going to get right into this. We have uh, the executive vice president and chief marketing officer of the Del Mar Thoroughbred Club, Craig Dato, joining us right now from Del Mar. Craig, thanks. I know you're busy. We really appreciate you coming on today. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. How you guys doing? Well, we're hanging in here. We're hanging in. We, we had a rough go of it last weekend. Uh, most people who listen to the show know that Del Mar uh, did not run last weekend, and we're going to get into that. But the most important and pending question is, are we racing tomorrow, Craig? Yes, we are definitely racing tomorrow as well as Saturday, Sunday, and special Monday racing as well. So a four-day weekend at the track. We're very much looking forward to it. Well, so, so are we. I mean, this is like, seriously, I just got the chills. I, I, I don't, last weekend was probably the most depressing Del Mar weekend of my life, uh, probably going back 30 years. So, Craig, let's take a step back. Let, tell us, you know, on the record, because there's so much rhetoric out there. There's so many rumors. What actually happened that led to the cancellation? So as you mentioned, 15 jockeys tested positive, and we had so many things that we had to sort through. We had to make our jocks' room safe. Uh, we've done that. We've expanded it to maximize the distance between the jockeys. Um, we had to make sure the jockeys that did not test positive were comfortable, and that took some time. And we've had those meetings. We've done that. We had to make sure the county health department was on board with racing again. There were several meetings with them. So in general, it felt like common sense. It felt like the right thing to do not to run last weekend. And we believe that if we did run, we would have been severely criticized and probably rightfully so. So the decision uh, came pretty quickly and we said, let's shut it down for a weekend and see if we can uh, get it back together this weekend. And that's exactly what we're doing. I think it's and I want to jump oh, in here real ahead. quick, Craig, that it was Del Mar that got on the ball immediately. This was not a state shutdown or anything. You guys were pre-actively shutting down to keep everybody safe that is true proactively michelle proactively it was our decision because you know if you let someone else shut you down then you got to get their permission to open back up right and when we shut ourselves down that this is all on us now and you know consulting with the with the department of health and everybody else everybody's on the same page to run again this weekend Heart. Craig, are you able to go into specifics? Because uh, I thought it was interesting. It's something that I, I hadn't heard before when you mentioned the jockeys who did not test positive. What were those discussions like? Mm -hmm. Well, so let's get into it. So let, let's start with how are we able to write, to uh, to run this weekend? And everyone's yes. talking about the fact that these jockeys are not testing again um, because that plays into it. So why don't we start there? Okay. Um, as you guys know, everybody is playing doctor these days. None of us in management at Del Mar is a doctor. Believe it or not, even Joe Harper, he's not a doctor. <laughs> uh, Are you sure? 
therefore, we're taking our cues from the doctors at the county health department and the California Department of Public Health. The guidance right now is what we're following from the California Department of Public Health. And that's not just for us. It's the same guidance they're giving all places of business, including hospitals, including nurses. If you test positive with no symptoms and stay symptom-free for 10 days, you can then return to work without a test. In fact, they recommend you don't take a second test. Again, that goes for nurses and hospitals right now. So luckily, the 15 jockeys um, have remained symptom-free, so they're ready to go tomorrow. So now back to your earlier question. The jockeys who did not test positive, a lot of them said, what the heck? What do you mean you're not retesting these guys? And we said, guys, this is not our policy. This is the California Department of Public Health policy. We set up a, a call with all the jockeys and, and one of the doctors from there, and she took them right through it and why, and um, they, we explained it to them, and we're all on the same page. We're all ready to go now. Great. That's you know, that, it's super news. It's, it's great news. Uh, but just to follow up on that, and I think let's go back to the specifics of the cancellation, because one of the reasons that I heard, at least, was that we couldn't put on the type of product that, that Delmar really represents, as far as, you know, if there were only, let's say, 10 jockeys remaining or 12 jockeys plus, there could be some exercise riders. Was that is that part of the decision to cancel? Well, first and foremost, it was all about health and all the reasons that I gave you. But sure. it's true that when we looked at the Friday card, which had already been drawn at that point, there were some races where every single jockey in that race was not going to be able to race. I mean, it would have been a mess. And who knows who would have scratched and what kind of card it would have looked like when it was all said and done. So, I mean, that was probably in the back of our mind. But the real decision was, was all about safety. That makes a lot of sense. Craig, Craig Dato is joining us here on the Horse Ownership Experience. He is the uh, Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer. I've known Craig for a long time. Uh, Craig was not happy at my tweet, Michelle. I think we know that. We might have been discussed on the show, and it got a lot I of... I can't believe that he's actually talking to you well, again. Well, let me tell you something. Craig is a good man. Craig and I went out to dinner. We talked about our differences and, and what we saw. And, and, and I, it was very much appreciated. As I've said, I've known Craig and been a friend of Craig's for a very, very long time. And I listen, sometimes you don't see eye to eye. My mode of contention was about the owners not being uh, 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 called essential, whether that means they go to the track or not. It, now, it, it, listen, it's a thing of the past, but let's talk about owners potentially getting into the racetrack. Um, obviously, this is a, a big subject right now, Craig. I stare at the Del Mar racetrack right now, and it's wide open. It's outside. There's a ton of real estate for social distancing, obviously. Mask wearing. What is going on on that front? All right. So just to, to rehash a little bit of uh, our little feud, um, your, your objective was to get owners on track. Totally get it. And with all the space we have at Del Mar and it being mostly an outdoor facility, that seems, that seems logical. And believe me, we would love to have owners on track as well. However, my number one objective, or I should say the number one objective of Del Mar management is simply to race. If Del Mar doesn't race this summer at all, there would be such a huge exodus out of state to other tracks. I'm not sure California racing survives. So our logic was let's get this thing open first. And then when the time is right, get permission to bring back the owners when the time is right. Unfortunately, week two set us back a couple steps with the jockeys testing positive. So the timing was definitely not right. So again, everybody at Del Mar knows the lifeblood of the game is owners without owners. There's no game. We all know that. Trust me, Del Mar wants owners on track. But again, it's one step at a time. We're being hugely scrutinized right now. Let's get through this four-day weekend. 
it's certainly not out of the question for us to be able to bring a limited amount of owners back in. We want it to happen. So, again, we're, we're going to be on behalf of owners trying to get this done, but we need to do it at the right time. That makes a lot of sense, Michelle. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think oh, just going back in time and just going over that, it was not really to get owners on track. I have to tell you that I've had a, the, the opening weekend was very enjoyable for me and a few gathering to watch the races from over here, Craig. It was more the commentary that owners are essential, whether that means they go to the track or not. I totally agree 100%. The most important thing, and I've said this on the show over and over again, is that we race. And you are right. If Delmar does not race, it could it could actually be the end of California racing. So we appreciate all the efforts. Uh, Michelle, I know you have a bunch of things that you're doing with Delmar, and I know you wanted to talk about them with Craig. Yeah, for sure. Well, first, I want to just go in real quick, uh, Craig, when the jockeys come back, I know you guys have done some extra steps to ensure some additional social distancing. Can you just kind of give us some insight into what you guys are implementing here at the track? Sure. If you guys can picture where the jockey's room is, if you go straight across the horse path into where the grandstand is, where it's generally full of people on the first level there, sure, we have set up a, a number of 10 by 10 tents, almost like private little jockey suites. And about half of the room is going to move into those tents. They're going to have little couches in them and TVs, and it's going to be, it's going to be nice. But by doing that, not only are the guys on the west side there going to have their own little tent, but there's going to be twice as much room in the regular room. So these mm -hmm. guys will be spaced out more than they ever have before. When they come back tomorrow, um, those jockeys that tested positive are going to be basically given a face-to-face -face physical by a doctor to make sure they're feeling okay and they're still symptom-free before we let them enter the jocks room. So we're doing everything we can. It all goes down to wear your mask, never take your masks off, stay clear, wash your hands, all the simple things we've been hearing uh, for months now. But the doctors say, look, if, if the jockeys all do that, we should be fine. And believe me, we've got our fingers crossed. What, you know, and Craig, this is a, a very special time. Obviously, it's a crazy time in our lives. But this is the first Monday card I, that I can remember in, in Del Mar. I know Saratoga used to run on Mondays, but this is, this is a, actually could be a good thing. We've used to, we used to run on Mondays. Remember we were six days a week a long time ago? We actually were. <laughs> yeah, um, my memory is so, terrible. Yeah, your memory is <laughs> So, um, okay. So we knew we needed to add back some, you know, three days that we lost, right? So we said if there's ever a time to try, let's call it the Fawner Park experiment. Remember how well Fawner <laughs> Absolutely. Park we love Fawner. On Wednesdays. We love Fawner. Right. So we're going to try Monday where we will absolutely dominate the market. No Saratoga. Um, let's see how we do. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic that it's going to go really well. And then we'll add back a couple of other Mondays, but before we commit to that, we need to see how it goes because it is an experiment. We'll see how the numbers pan out. Interesting that you said a couple other Mondays. I had heard rumors of a possible yeah. Thursday card. Is that it? So you think if Monday goes well, there's a chance that we could get back those other two days of racing on Mondays, uh, later on in the meet. I mean, look, we're going to, we want to maximize handle, right? And if we believe that Mondays, We'll uh, draw more handles than Thursdays. We'll go Mondays. If if we're a little disappointed with how this Monday goes, then maybe we add back to Thursdays. So we're going to play it by ear. And that's why we haven't committed. I we're like going to see how this goes, tally it up, and we'll go the, the appropriate way. Well, and I think it was really important. Well, it definitely makes a difference because we don't have on-track on handle right now because then you'd have to take into consideration, oh, who's taking days off or whatever. But when we're talking about everybody playing from home, I mean, it just seems like a no-brainer almost to do Mondays when you're the, the only game in town. That's a good point. Very good point. So we will see. 
I, I'm with you, Michelle. I, I think this is going to be a good move, but I, I don't want to jinx it. So it's, let's wait and see how it plays out. It's got to be tough for you, Craig, because you are you do the concerts. You have all these marketing opportunities throughout the season at Del Mar, and it's quiet over there. I can only imagine the, the disappointment in, in what's happening in our world. But how are you keeping uh, the marketing angles active with Del Mar, even though we are owner and spectator free right now? Yeah, it's been a rough year. Obviously, we were ready to go with all our events and concerts and everything, and that all went up in flames. And then our reaction to it was, okay, let's get the restaurants to put on, bars and restaurants to put on virtual Del Mar days. So we talked to 20, 25 of them around, all around San Diego, that we're going to just totally Del Mar out the place, have all the TVs on Del Mar, bring in additional big screens. TVG worked with us to produce these coasters that showed people how to how to get an account, how to bet. We were ready to go. And then the week before we opened, all the restaurants were shut down. Oh. So that whole marketing plan went to oh hell as well. God. So it's been, a, it's been a rough year. So right now, you know, restaurants are open only outdoors. There's no TVs outdoors. It just doesn't work. So we've been uh, promoting people to watch Del Mar from their home. Um, TVG has been a great partner and, you know, get, teaching people how to get accounts. Uh, their numbers are through the roof. By the way, our, our handle numbers were up 18% the first weekend. So um, we're doing really well. Yeah. And with, you know, seven stakes this weekend and three eleven race cards on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we expect the numbers to be very solid this weekend as well. So, yeah, it's been incredibly frustrating from a marketing standpoint. I feel like I get them. What the heck? Everything we touch goes the wrong way. So we'll hang in there and uh, just do the best we can to, to keep uh, Del Mar top of mind for people. Well, I think it's going to be at Craig, the top of mind like for many. Karma for not having enough. Cu- Craig, do you think this is karma for not having enough country music concerts last year for me? Oh my God! I'm just saying, if Luke Bryan was playing, <laughs> I mean, Michelle, right? you are so selfish. And although everybody, listen, I know, uh, you know, we love seeing Michelle out there dancing to country music. That's uh, her fan club. So. Craig, we're sorry about that. I'm sorry you had to Next be suggested. Next summer, we'll make it up to you. Well, we appreciate that. Listen, there we go. Craig, we know- so- yeah, go ahead, Michelle. Sorry, Billy. I just want to go back to talking about um, the different promotions that we have going on. And uh, one thing that you're doing is the Beach Boss Handicapping Contest where everyone gets to try their best to beat Ray Pollock. Can you go into the uh, idea behind that and why it's fun for everybody to play along? Doesn't everybody want to beat Ray Pollock? Yes. Yes. I do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, we have our online handicapping contest we've had for years. It's a free contest. And this year, if you can successfully beat Ray Pollock, you'll be entered in a drawing to win some great prizes. Um, if you're the overall winner for the season, you'll get two VIP tickets for the Breeders' Cup next year here at Del Mar. Don't forget the Breeders' Cup is here at Del Mar in 21. And uh, there's another little little, uh, promotion to it, hosted by none other than Michelle Yu, where Ray takes on another celebrity every week. Um, The first week, we we pitted Ray Pollock against Larry Colmas, and they both scored a zero. Did they not, Michelle? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I did pretty good the uh, first the way, week, and then the second, my second, uh, my second race, I plummeted down to like spot four hundred. I was in like the very top. I was doing good the first week because I had those long shots, but the uh, the second uh, week, I did not play the right horse, 
or the second race because you can play this every day. So I highly recommend logging on to Delmar's website and playing along and then once a week seeing uh, who Ray gets to throw down with. By the way, what do you guys think of uh, Larry Colmas? Well, his, first his of all, calling, not his he is, I think he's absolutely amazing. And uh, the, I have been saying this, and Craig, you and I spoke about this last year, and I'm not afraid to say it. He's the best in the business. And I think, you know, listen, I'm a huge Trevor fan. Everybody knows that. Michelle and I do great imitations of Trevor on the show. But Larry Colmas is outstanding, and I hope he sticks around. Michelle? He did great the first week we got to listen to races. I wish he had called my horses as winners, but I mean, you know. <laughs> I have spent, well. Craig, I've spent a lot of time with Larry. I've had multiple dinners with him. He's a joy to be around. He loves the area. And I just, I, he's, he's, he's all class. He does a ter- terrific job. His voice is fantastic. Yes, he doesn't have the uh, catchphrases of a Trevor, and we've discussed this. Uh, but I think he's, I think he's fantastic. What, what are you getting good feedback? Getting great feedback. And I have uh, had a, a number of meals with him as well. And I'd never met him before. What a great guy. I really like him a lot. Yeah, no, he's super. I've and- still never met him. I think the only time I've ever spoken to him was when we did the beach boss segment last week online before, uh, it abruptly ended with my iPad being blown off of the balcony. Well, I'll tell you guys a little <laughs> I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, one of the places that has outdoor TVs, Craig, is Crust Pizzeria over uh, in the uh, uh, little shopping center there behind Carl Solana Jr. Area. Yeah, in Solana Beach. Off Loma Santa Fe. And Larry had nothing to do last Saturday. So he brought his iPad to Crust with me and a couple buddies, and he called several of the Saratoga races and the, and the, uh, the Haskell for us live. It was wow. awesome. <laughs> oh, that's cool! Just to see him in action, and that's it was cool. it was just raw and live, and it was so cool. So we're big Larry Colmas fans, and we hope he's here to stay. Um, well, good to hear it. We miss Trevor, but Larry is is uh, filling in rather well. The, the The feedback has been really strong. That's awesome, Craig. We listen. I know you're busy. We've had a we, you came clean today, and we appreciate it. We are you have no two people rooting for Del Mar more this weekend than, than the people you're talking to right now. And we appreciate what you're trying to do and, and we hope we can get owners on track soon. So um, thank you for taking the time and, and we wish you the best of luck this weekend and the next seven weeks and up until Labor Day. All right. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you, Craig. Craig Dato here, the executive vice president and the chief marketing officer of the Del Mar Thoroughbred Club. And we'll be right back after this. Midnight Storm, Striking Sire Line, Grade 1 winner by Pioneer of the Nile, just like champion freshman sire American Pharaoh. Striking Speed, 110 by 133 and 1. Seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Defeated 10 Grade 1 winners, including champion Accelerate. Midnight Storm, a tailor-made stallion. Look for his first yearlings this year. And we're back here on the Horse Ownership Experience. Michelle, listen, you and I have both known Craig for a long time. I felt that, uh, you know, he, he gave the right answers. That, and I think that's truthful. I think, you know, in hindsight, I really wanted to run last week, but I understand the reasons not to. And I'm very glad that they decided to do it, like he said, rather than have someone else shut them down. 
Exactly. And that's when I first had heard the rumors, that's what I said right away was it makes a huge difference if it's the health department shutting them down or if they're doing it on their own. So I am really glad that that was the case. So we are able to be back up and running this week, um, you know, from from an every every person standpoint, from a fan standpoint, from an owner standpoint, from a, a trainer's wife standpoint, <laughs> we want to race. I like the trainer's wife. Stand- it's, it's important. I wasn't kidding what I said. If Del Mar goes away, people will leave, and it could it could spell oh, yeah. doomsday for Southern I mean, California the, the racing. Only, the only quasi-saving grace would be if maybe no one wants us. Like, if they're like, oh, we shut down because there's a ton of COVIDs, uh, you know, they might not be allowed to ship places. Right. And that's what we're kind of seeing with the riders right now. They're going to have to be riders that stay at the racetrack. You're going to have to make your choice, and that's it. Yeah, which is which what they need to do. All right, let's talk a little bit. We, we didn't do a show last week. I'm going to be honest. I was so depressed that Del Mar was closing. I, I, I didn't even want to talk. I, I, I have Billy. Like, I know. I was like, Billy, what are we doing? And you're like, uh. <laughs> I really went. Listen, anybody who listens to the show and who knows me knows I'm a very positive person in general. I stay positive as much as possible. I struggled last weekend. I'm not going to lie. I think I had my like first ever bout with like a mini depression. I was just down. I didn't want to do anything. I was binge watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, I love that show. Are it's her so clothes good. just not like the most unreal? You know they hand make every bit of clothing on that show. I did not know that. I'm just every I, I'm, every piece of clothing for everybody is made in house. It's a great show for anybody who hasn't watched it. It's a great show. We're, that's our TV segment for the day. Um, Michelle, what is happening around the world in racing? What did we miss? What we, we obviously oh we missed the Haskell. Well, Right. We missed the ha- the Haskell with a great undercard um, over there. We missed the opening of Saratoga with 150 grade one races over there. <laughs> Wait, I mean, you mean we, an, we, and 150 Chad Brown wins? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, it's so funny because <laughs> Chad is giving away um, like some swags, like some masks and some, and some hats. And like his first contest on social media was uh, how many wins is Chad Brown's team going to have opening week at Saratoga? So if you guessed, you know, you, you yeah, got into... Yeah. Right. I think it was was six. six. He won six six races opening weekend. Like some people are like, my whole goal is to win six races at Del Mar, the whole meet. And he was like, six opening week. Boom. Yeah. If you don't follow Chad Brown on Twitter, you should. It's very funny and it's clever. Yeah. The Um, real Chad Brown. Yeah. The real Chad Brown. It's legit the real Chad Brown. Yeah. And you should follow us too. At Ona Horse is our handle for the show at BKLRF and at the Michelle U. What else, Michelle? Okay, so, I mean, let's just talk Haskell because I think it's foremost. Um, Obviously, I still feel like a lot of these races feel anticlimactic because we haven't run the Kentucky Derby. And even though it really doesn't matter, like, it still feels that way, right? Because it's like, now you're not like, oh, the Derby winner is going in here. So, Authentic did win the Haskell by an ever-diminishing margin, just barely holding off New York traffic who surged late. Um I think Authentic is still really green. I don't think it was the distance necessarily that caught him in. I just think that that's the way he is. You know, it's not every horse is going to go gung-ho to the wall the entire time, right? Well, I spoke to Baffert the next morning uh, mm-hmm. here at Del Mar, and he thought, I mean, he didn't blame Mike Smith, but he kind of thought Mike Smith well, fell asleep a little bit. And then as soon as he started uh, asking well, him again. Everyone kept saying Mike Smith might have Zenyatta'd that. Yeah, but he, yeah, I never thought Mike Smith fell asleep on Zenyatta when she lost. I, I felt like something was going on that day that she just kind of dropped out of it on his own. In that case, I mean, if you watch, uh, we watch a lot of races, Michelle, you and I. And I was actually, as I said with uh, Craig Dato, if you were listening earlier, 
that um, Larry Colmas was calling the Haskell for us, which was amazing. And when they turned for home, it looked like Authentic was going to win by 10 lengths. Uh, Uh There was no question. And uh, that late surge. How did Larry call it? Can you tell us? I think I have the call. Uh, but it's but you have you, me screaming in the background. It? Yeah, I, ha- I have it. I have it. Oh, <laughs> I hope you're gonna play it. I I, I can't because my phone's off right now during the podcast. But it's he he was said like you know authentic begins to open up and you know and he really we all kind of thought the race was over and then all of a sudden the late charge from New York traffic. Um, it was uh, it was one of those kind of head scratchers because you don't know. I don't think you got too much out of it. Do I think any of those horses will uh, can beat? Uh, excuse me, a horse like Tis the Law? No, I don't. Uh, do I think they're a bunch of uh, nice horses? And even the third place finisher, Doctor Post, sure. Um, but I think it, we're going to find out a lot in the next couple of weeks. The Travers, I think, is going to be very, very interesting because I believe Tis the Law is running, and I think Baffert's sending out uh, Uncle Chuck who breezed over the weekend here at Del Mar very impressively. So that should be uh, a very, very telling sign of what's to come at the Kentucky Derby in September, which is still so strange to say, Michelle. Right. That's my take. I got nothing else. Um, Okay, so then it was – what else was a good race? Oh, the Coaching Club American Oaks was a really good race at Saratoga. Um, it was a short field and there was a huge scratch that morning of Altef who would, would have looked really tough in there for Chad Brown, but we got a really stirring stretch race between Paris lights and crystal ball for Bill Mott and Bob Baffert, both owned by the Windstar Stablemates racing. Yeah. I don't know. Do, do you know a lot about the Windstar Stablemates racing? Is that where you can I, be I, a part of it? I don't, I think it's free, right? It's still like Windstar, but you can be a part of ownership, right? Uh, I don't know. We should probably get someone on from there. Well, let's do that. Like, what are we I'm waiting a, for? I'm a, mess, I'm a member of like the Wind, so, like the Windstar Stablemates. You can go on and like they do like little contests, and uh, you can get like updates, and you can like you know run this like little mini stable. But I I don't know anything about like their actual racing side of it. Well, the, so, win- the winner was Paris Lights. Like, right? The winner was yeah. Paris Lights, and she was uh, she was very impressive two back when winning an allowance race. And I, I thought they, those two fillies just really threw it down. I thought it was a really, really, uh, really good race. I think Paris Lights is a serious racehorse. I think the, other, the Baffert filly that finished second also was, was, is obviously very yeah, talented. Crystal ball. That was only her mm-hmm. third career start or something. Both are lightly raced, and I, both have very bright futures. And Windstar obviously does a, a, an amazing job and right. um, always comes up with something. So uh, congratulations to them. Um, then there was the National Museum Racing Hall of Fame, which went to Decorated Invader, and he is just proving to be pretty much the best turf three-year-old around. I think so, definitely on the on the East Coast. I think on the East Coast, uh, on the East Coast right. I, I, it will be interesting to see if uh, the Dan Blacker trained uh, hit it a bomb Colt hit, uh, the hit, the hit the road will come He's back in the La Jolla. He's planning on going mm-hmm. La Jolla and Del Mar Derby, but at some point, maybe there could be a clash of those two very nice uh, three-year-olds, one on the West Coast and one on the East Coast. Deckard Invader sh- for West Point Thoroughbreds surely uh, is the best three-year-old on the on the East Coast right now and proved it again. Right. Um, the Elkhorn went to Zulu Alpha, which might not have been a really important race in like, the grand scheme of things, but just Zulu Alpha is an absolute turf marathoning star. 
Yeah, he's he's incredible. He's very good. He's very good right now. I believe he won the Pegasus Turf, right? Didn't he win that earlier in the year? I believe he did yeah, when he I came up the so. rail. Um, very very nice horse, and and look forward. I wonder if he'll run in that big race at Kentucky Downs. There's a million dollar race at a mile and a half, and I would suspect that after his next race at Saratoga, he would end up there. Um, then the the ruffian went to Monomoy Girl. She's back. If you thought yeah. Monomoy girl, I, I mean the you field. Know. The field she beat was Want Want at best, but she looked great. Can you say that again? The Want Want. Want Want. <laughs> just makes me laugh. I think people just must laugh out there when you do Want Want. Listen, she burned a 104 buyer. I don't know her sheet numbers, but I, I the I think Midnight Bisu runs this weekend, doesn't she? In the personal ensign, or next weekend? I can't wait. I think to it's see next weekend for them. Throw back down. Oh, it's going to be so good. Isn't that – I mean, what are we looking forward to more than the the showdown between pers- uh, uh, Monomoy Girl and Midnight Bisu? That's going to be something. I don't know when – they're headed in the – maybe it's the Breeders' Cup Distaff. Maybe that's when it happens, you know, which is fine with I me. Mean, I got to be before then. You think? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know what race it could be leading up to the Breeders' Cup. I don't think Bisu's – I mean – they're Go both ahead. on the East Coast. There, there's going to be a. Uh, but a let me tell you something. We missed a race, and I don't know if we were off there, but Dunbar Road came back to win. And she is yeah, the, very, uh, very, very good. Those three, I don't know how far behind numbers wise she is from Midnight Bisu and from Monomoy Girl, but do not sleep on Dunbar Road for, uh, for uh, Chad Brown. He wins some right. races. I, by the way, I read Ortiz has won um, five today there? at Saratoga. Seriously? Yeah, he's going for his sixth right now in the last race. Okay, then it was the Toyota Bluegrass, which Art Collector beat out Swiss Skydiver, who still ran a bang-up race to run second. Um, Kenny McPeak was thinking he won to try and get her some derby points, but after that he said she'll just be firmly pointed at the Kentucky Oaks, which is fine. I saw Kenny McPeak taking some heat for running her in there, and I think that that is just absolutely ridiculous. I don't think that she got embarrassed. I think it was a great try to put her in that spot. It was a nice payday for her, and I have no qualms with with her running second. I don't either. Good for him. Take a shot. It gave it gave an opportunity right. to first speech uh, to win a Grade One um, right before yep. that. Uh, yeah, in the Ashland um, for Eclipse, and I know that Mattaquet owns a part of that. Uh, that filly for Mike McCarthy, who's really you think Mike McCarthy's a little bit underrated, Michelle? Uh, you know, I think it's just because he doesn't have like a massive stable. So you know, when you see someone like Chad Brown and they're just throwing horses, like I mean, he's got four in every race. He just has those numbers, right? It's similar to like what we see from, you know, Peter Miller and Doug O'Neill. They just, they have so many horses. So, I mean, Mike's got a good stable of quality horses. It's just not huge. So I think you tend to maybe think him as underrated just because he doesn't have the firepower as far as amounts go, but he does well with the horses that he has. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I mean. Uh, I mean, he just comes up with good horse after good horse, you know, CC and, and uh, speech and and the the really good horse that won the Breeders' Cup. Um, what was his name? The one the Breeders' Cup mile. City of Light. Yes. What about Venetian Harbor? I think they should run in the test. 
<laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> Just wondering what your thoughts were on, you know, on her back-to-back disappointment. We use Listen. Um, I spoke to Richie Baltus this morning. He's as fired up as ever. Uh, you know, there's always hyperbole in our game. And it, mm-hmm. was, it was kind of strange after she won that race at Santa Anita and basically beat nobody by, like, 10 lengths. And Richie kind of <laughs> said, like, she was the greatest filly I've ever trained in my life, you know. I think we just look at, you know, one performance at a time and, and, and sometimes we say things that possibly are, are hyperbole. And I think that was the case with this filly. I think she's an outstanding filly. I just think she might be – she might not want to go that far. So uh, right. there's plenty of good races. You have the test. You have, um, you have the uh, La Brea at the end of the year, 7A at Santa Anita. And I think those races she's going to be extremely tough in with her speed. Um, the grade one Madison went to Garana and that was a very good effort where she beat out poor old me and mischief. Yeah. She battled back on the rail. I watched that race. That was a really, really good effort, but from Guarana, who obviously is chained by Chad Brown, I believe she's a three chimneys horse, uh, Philly. And, uh, she, uh, the, 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 the Chad Brown arsenal continues, Michelle. Uh, mm-hmm. we've mentioned it a m- bunch of times on this show. I can't believe we've missed all these races. Is this what we do for taking well, one week one off? How about one more? How about, oh, two more. The the Jenny Wiley, which went to the Chad Brown trainee rushing fall, who's won a grade one at two, three, four, and five now for That's E5 amazing. racing. Who else? And, yeah, not many have done that. I feel like Beholder did that. Yeah, she did. Um, how about War of Will? Back oh, your man. Back in the circle for the first time since winning the Preakness. He won the Maker's Mark Mile. Incredible. War of Will. Who would have thunk it? And uh, <laughs> Gary Barber, Mark Cassie. Tyler Gaffleone. You know, I've been watching a lot of Tyler Gaffleone, Michelle. I have to say, and I don't know if people out there will agree with me, I, I think he's good. Yeah. I think he's very good. He puts horses in the right position. Uh, he's got a fierce left hand. I think he can I think he can really ride. He's a guy that I would love to see out here in our jockey colony to see what would happen because I think he'd fare very well out on the West Coast. Right. So. Well, I mean, he's been out here a couple times for Peter Miller, and he's done well. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what do we have coming up this week? Because, Michelle, I feel like we, we just went over the top with Craig Dato to start the show, and now we're just talking races that have already happened. So let's talk about what's coming up at Del Mar this weekend. Okay, well, come, I think as far as, you know, you want some star power uh, in our rescheduled races, we do have the San Diego Handicap, which is an excellent um, edition of it with a lot of top-tier handicap horses from Southern California, Who's in including our newest import, Maximum Security. So this will be his first start for Bob Baffert, and we will get to see, is he as good as advertised? Where do you, what do you think will happen in the San Diego with Maximum Security? Michelle Yu. Uh, Michelle Yu Hanson. Sorry. He seems to be training very well for Bob. I, I like that Bob kind of took his time to begin with and like kept him going that slow kind of cadence that we seen, we've seen from him in when he was in the Jason Service Barn. So I like that he didn't just try to immediately turn him around. Um, but he has obviously tightened the screws up, and we see a lot more Bob Baffert-type works out of him recently. Yeah. Including the six-for-long move in 111, but he still looked like he was a pretty happy horse. There's, there's always that concern, right, when you have a horse um, that does well training one way to change their training style. I think that if he is as good as we think he is, he's going to be legit here. They've obviously combed over this horse completely. They've run a bunch of tests on Michelle, him. Michelle, is he going to win or not? 
yeah, he's lone speed. He gets out there in the lead, in the lead and just goes. Okay, I agree. I think he wins. I think he actually wins easily. I don't think – I think he – the way he's training and the type of horse that he is and knowing Bob – uh, the way we know Bob, he's going to have him ready. He don't. He does not right. want to be embarrassed, and I think he. I think he wins. I think he wins impressively, and I hope he sticks around for the Pacific Classic. Agreed. That's Ditto. my take. We also have another good race. The Eddie Reed's going to be a good race. I think they drew today for Sunday. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, they they are drawing today. I don't know if they've drawn right. yet. At least I didn't get a final, so. Yeah, Bowie's Heroes in there, and there's, there's a lot of the top-tier turf horses in Southern California in there. I think it's – and the Eddie Reed's always a great race. We've got two sprint races, actually, on Friday, too. The Fleet Treat and the Daisy Cutter that are really good on paper to, to look at. Just competitive field. I, th- I you yeah. know, I like Pipey's Philly and the Daisy Cutter. That's Steal the Diamonds. So do I. Steal the Diamonds, yeah. She's very, very fast. She'd love five furlongs. I watched her breeze the other day. She breezed extremely good, and uh, I believe well, I, she would I, be tough. Getting her back to five is absolutely key. Yes, 100%. And you look at her company lines. I mean, uh, Julie Olympia barely had to run her down late, and she came back and ran very well in the Jenny Wiley. So yeah. um, I think that uh, Steal the Diamonds is kind of your uh, BK lock of the day on Friday. There we go. I like to hear that. Yeah. All right. So what and what are you doing this weekend? Are you working? Uh, are you are you doing the I'm you're doing, doing the, Beach Boss. You're doing Beach Boss. No Beach TV boss. for you. I've got no TV going on right now. Okay. Uh, that's kind of well, it I will, for right now. I will wave. I'm doing I do all my picks and analysis on my Santa Anita website every day. All right. Well I will wave to you from the trailer and from the from the condo since we're not uh permitted to be at the races. But special thanks to Craig Dato. We really appreciate him coming on, taking the time and giving us kind of the lowdown on what's going on at Delmar. Uh thanks to Taylor Maid. Thanks to Santa Anita for making this show possible. And special thanks to Michelle Yu. She has two kids that she takes care of full time. She's one of the hardest working people in the horse racing business and uh I think I'm very lucky to have you. My car got broken into so bad mood. How did that happen? Into, stole my wallet, all my sunglasses, took my car key, took my kid's jean jacket. This is just, uh, this is uh, terrible. In my this driveway! Is, this is terrible news. We got to get a camera there. All right, well, go, go do I what you need to, to do. I know you're busy. Um, special thanks to all the listeners. If you have any questions about horse racing, email me, billy at littleredfeather.com. Follow us on Twitter at Own a Horse, at the Michelle U, at BKLRF. We're going to do something next week. We'll have another great guest. Uh, we have those books, Michelle. I got the books. We oh, have an you got author. it? Great. Yeah, we have an author that wants to come on our show, so we'll see if we can get that Drop done. Drop one down to me because I could read it. I'm Next week, I'm actually uh, going on a little mini like staycation type thing, Ooh. so I'll have Ooh. plenty of reading time. Okay, we'll get one to you. Uh, thanks, everybody. <laughs> Michelle, we'll talk soon. Have a great weekend. Bye. Welcome back, Delmar. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Daddy Longlegs, Scat Daddy's only proven son at stud in North America. Crowned champion freshman sire in Chile, Daddy Longlegs has already sired three graded stakes winners from his first two crops of runners, including a champion two-year-old colt. A talented runner himself who won multiple graded stakes on multiple surfaces, he's passing that versatility onto his progeny with stakes winners on dirt and turf. Daddy Longlegs, a tailor-made stallion. Call today to book.